You are listening to the Pine Law Church Podcast, where believers in Jesus Christ are seeking to know God and to be fully known by God. As always, we thank all of our listeners for your faithfulness in supporting the ministry of Pine Law Church. You can give online by going to tithe.ly. We pray that you are blessed by the hearing and the reading of God's Word. Last week, called Storyteller, uh, and we're focusing in on the parables uh, of Jesus as found in Matthew's Gospel. And so I want to read a passage of Scripture uh, from Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, As I mentioned a minute ago, we're in week two of a series called Storyteller, and it's based in the parables that are found uh, in Matthew's gospel particularly. But uh, throughout the gospels, there's at least 40 different occasions when Jesus used parable uh, to teach a lesson, to share a message. He used them regularly to teach those who were following them, and he would take these familiar, earthly, mundane images uh, of everyday things, and he would use them to teach about deep and spiritual truth. Uh, the problem for a lot of us today is that so many of us approach the, uh, the parables of Jesus much like we approach anything else we might read or the rest of Scripture in this very cerebral manner. We want to read it and gain information. We want to look at it and see it as black and white and gain knowledge or insight. Uh, and that's not the way. We like instruction. We like concrete guidance. But that's not the way the parables uh, work. They offer us so much more than just intellectual gains and information. Uh, They offer us a glimpse of God's kingdom. Uh, Barbara Brown Taylor talks about our tendency to read the parables in a very black and white manner. And she says, however much we want to read them like Morse code, they behave more like dreams or poems instead, delivering their meaning in images that talk more to our hearts than to our heads. The text that we just heard is found in Matthew's gospel, and it's, uh, and it's a portion of Matthew's gospel called the eschatological discourse. That's a, a big word, uh, but it comes from the word eschaton, which simply means the last things, the end times. Uh, it's a story about the end of the ages, and the parable that we just heard of the ten bridesmaids is one of seven stories in this section that have to do with 
uh, the second coming of Christ, the parousia, the eschaton, the end times. Uh, and what's interesting is you don't really hear much about this in mainline Protestant churches anymore, about eschatology uh, or end times. Tom Long, who is a retired professor of preaching uh, from Candler School of Theology, he notes the, the absence of eschatology and end times in preaching today. He's got a book called uh, Preaching from Memory to Hope, and he says, the language of heaven and hell, Christ's coming, and the final judgment were recurring and important topics of sermons in the 19th century, but by the close of the 20th century, it was like a veil of embarrassment had been thrown over the whole matter. And I believe he's right. With all of our postmodern preaching uh, and and postmodern theology that we hear today, uh, you would think that the kingdom of God is only about the here and now, that the kingdom of, and, and this is true in a sense, the kingdom of God is among us, the kingdom of God is within us, but the kingdom of God is also beyond us. The kingdom of God is, is already, but it's also not yet. And, and when we understand that the kingdom of God is not yet, we have to face the fact that we, there's a certain degree of anticipation, a certain degree of waiting uh, that is required that we'll have to endure for a time before all things are made new. Uh, yesterday, I actually officiated a wedding for our neighbors, uh, Austin and Rebecca, uh, and they've been anticipating this event for a long time. They've been waiting for weeks now, and, and so on Friday, we gathered uh, at the McClure house for the rehearsal. If you've ever been involved in the planning of a wedding, then you know that there is always something that happens, right? Whether it's a flat tire or a forgotten a wardrobe malfunction uh, or something. Something always happens. Things tend to happen, uh, which is why we rehearse. It's why we rehearse. We go through uh, everything. We rehearse for the big day uh, to ensure that everything goes off without hitch. We make sure that everyone knows where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to be standing. And so Friday, we were all gathered there to rehearse for this wedding. Uh, it started at 5.30, and I have to admit, I completely ignored pine log time, and I showed up a half an hour early, complete half an hour early, which is crazy for this area, uh, you know, and um, I typically live off of pine log time, but uh, I wanted to make sure that I was there on time, prepared, and uh, awaiting the arrival of this wedding party, um, and I spoke with the bride and the groom for a little while, and then I started talking to Judy, the wedding planner, the, the lady who owns the McClure house, and we talked for a while. And uh, as we waited, uh, we waited, and the father of the groom was tardy. Uh, it, it, we waited, and we talked, and we stood, and we waited some more, and he didn't show up. It, pretty soon, 5.30 had passed, and then 6 o'clock, and, uh, and we sat, and we spoke, and we waited some more. Eventually, he did show up, but it wasn't on our time. It was when he was ready to be there after whatever he had endured to get there was over and he had made it. Uh, he showed up much later than we had anticipated, but nevertheless, he showed up. The father showed up to that occasion so that we could prepare, uh, but it was in the waiting. During the time of Matthew's gospel was written, it was sometime around or after 70 AD, and the church was pretty young uh, at the time, and it was third generation. The disciples had been excommunicated from the synagogue, 
Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Romans and the believers had anticipated the immediate return of the Messiah. And as time passed, many of them started to grow weary in their waiting. Have y'all ever noticed how difficult waiting can be sometimes? I mean, whether it's awaiting the arrival of a child, the birth of a child, or maybe it has been someone in our life who's had a biopsy and we're awaiting results. The other day, um, I called Joanne Cash and she was waiting on Harold while he was in surgery to find out what the doctors had to say. Whether it's the last day of school or the opening day of football season, we all know what it's like to wait. And if you're not familiar with any of these other examples, Unless you've been hiding under a rock lately, then you all know what it's like to be waiting on this election that we've recently had or waiting on a solution to the COVID-19 issue that we all face. It is difficult to wait sometimes. There were some people during Jesus' time, after Jesus had ascended into heaven during the time Matthew's gospel was written, that people were wondering if he was coming back at all. A lot of them had been suffering because of their faith, and and some of them were completely losing hope. And so to give them hope, Matthew recalls the time Jesus told this story where he said, the kingdom of God is like a tardy bridegroom. In the Middle East, weddings were and still are the most joyous occasion in the life of a community. And what's interesting is that in the first century, weddings... uh, They didn't really have a specific time, a definitive date and time. We'll say that the Christmas tree lighting is November 28th at 6 o'clock. But when they're referring to a wedding in the ancient Near East, and and, uh, they they would say that it comes after a season or before a season. It'll be after the harvest or before the Pentecost. Uh, And they would give an approximate time, and that's a lot different than the way we think about time. When we think about an ETA, we're pretty close here for the most part. Maybe not in Pine Log. But for the most part, we are. There's a guy that uh, is a friend from Latin America, and he said, when Americans say now, you mean yesterday. When we say now, we mean next week. And I said, well, you've never been to Pine Long. So we say now, and it might be, it might be 20 minutes down the road. Uh, but time is such an interesting and elusive thing, how we perceive time, how we... Uh, live within time and the wedding feast in the first century would begin when the bridegroom arrived Uh, so the guests who knew the approximate season that he was coming had to be ready they had to be on the watch uh, prepared at a moment's notice if they were late for the party they would miss out on the procession because the door is going to be shut says the parable in the story the bridegroom comes at midnight an unexpected hour Uh, which is incredibly inconvenient. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but sometimes God can be incredibly inconvenient in our lives. At that time of night, it it wasn't smart to be out in the streets after dark. In some places, it was actually illegal. Uh, And five of the bridesmaids had plenty of oil. Another five didn't have any. They were running low, so the ones who were without asked the ones who were with if they could borrow some of their reserve uh, and it doesn't seem like an unreasonable request, you know. It doesn't seem uh, like too much to ask. But the five who are prepared, the five who have plenty of oil, deny the request. And while they're out looking for oil in the middle of the night, the bridegroom arrives uh, and they miss out. And I, 
I don't know about y'all, but when I read this story, I've got to admit that it's pretty disturbing on the front end that they wouldn't just loan them the extra oil that they had. Their refusal to share their oil with the others seems so self-centered and self-serving. It seems incredibly unchristian uh, until you realize, until you realize that in this story, oil is a symbol of faith. Oil is symbol of devotion and righteousness of obedience. Oil is the fuel that keeps the lamp lit and burning brightly. And as I lived with this text this week, it occurred to me that there are just some things that you can't borrow. There's some things that you, you can't borrow. You can't borrow someone else's faith. You can't borrow someone else's prayer life. You can't borrow someone else's devotion. Teenagers, you can borrow somebody's homework, but you can't borrow the time that they invested in pouring into studying for the test. And not only are there some things that we can't borrow, there's things that we can't loan. We can't lend character to someone or discipline. We can't lend spiritual devotion. Uh, these aren't things that can be loaned out. And in Matthew's Gospel, Spiritual preparation is critical. It's telling us that faith and devotion are crucial because the groom is coming. We don't know when he's coming. So speculation is futile, but we do know that. We do know that he's coming. So preparation is imperative. So how do we prepare for an indefinite arrival? I think it's pretty simple. Matthew tells us that we live every day like it is the day. We live every day as if today is the day. We show up for the rehearsal on time, prepared, whether the Father is on time or not. And we treat this day as if it were the big day every day. Fred Craddock says it's not enough to live close to the spigot, you have to dwell near the well. Because it isn't once or twice that Jesus comes into our lives. It's over and over and over again in a hungry stranger, in a needy neighbor, in a loved one who is sick or in prison. Uh, and scripture says that one day he'll come again in fullness in all of his fullness, in all of his glory. And so it is not ours to predict the day or the time, but to prepare the way every day, to live ready. And so I might ask you, the invitation is simple. The invitation is this, what's missing? What's missing from your life? What is missing from your spiritual journey? What is missing from your faith journey toward the cross, toward the empty tomb? Is it prayer? Is it fellowship? Is it a small group? Is it a group of people that gather together and pray for one another? Whatever it is, I pray that today is the day that you not only identify it, but that you prepare the way that you invest your life. Uh, and so I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God reveals that to you and that we find a way to dig into this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just lift up 
my brothers and my sisters to you. I ask God that in this space where we, we've heard the stories of your return, that God, we don't, we don't just hear them. We don't just read this in your word, but that we truly believe it. That we understand it to be true, that we hold fast to the belief that you're, you're coming back. Not only help us to hold this belief deeply in our hearts, God, help us to be prepared each day. Help us to show up dressed for the rehearsal, living each day as if it were the day. Pray all this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.